0: Welcome to the Deep Impact Investing Podcast with Kimberly Griego Kyle, on behalf of Horizon Sustainable Financial Services. In this podcast, I discuss sustainable impact investing, how to create portfolios that match your values, and a variety of other topics such as financial education, environmental sustainability, social justice, and sustainable food systems. Do you wanna know if your investments seek the kind of accountability from corporations that you demand? Listen in as I explore the burning question, are you investing like you give a damn?
1: Hello and welcome to Deep Impact Investing with Kimberly Grego Kyle from Horizon Sustainable Financial Services. Kim, what's going on?
0: Oh gosh, Uh, it's almost my birthday.
1: (sighs) Okay, so. (laughs) next week h next next week okay well.
0: i i don't have a problem saying my age i i really don't i mean it's it's a it's a big number but i am 55 oh! 55 and alive right
1: there, there you go yeah <laughs> yeah i i just turned 49 last week so we're very how many
0: times up. have you turned 49
1: this is the first time kid. Thanks very much
0: <laughs> just checking
1: wow. okay apparently it's time for me to leave the conversation and it's a good time for me to leave the conversation because you have a guest on the show. I do. Bye. Bye.
0: (laughs) I, yeah, I am so excited again to have one of my favorite people on the podcast today. Pooja Kuzla of intelligent. And yes, she's uh, welcome back Pooja. I'm so happy to have you she's uh, uh she works for intelligent and i i think your position changed so i don't remember what it was
2: so i got a very exciting position now kim i'm the chief innovation officer
0: ooh i like that chief innovation officer yeah and my favorite mathematician and scientist and all of those amazing things what i love about you is the background research that you do Every time you write an article or talk with me, you are such an amazing researcher. And today I want to talk, well, I have so many things I want to talk to you about, but let's start about talking about the article that you recently published in Green Entrepreneur. Is that what, that's of it's, it's, it's Entrepreneur, but they have a green section. Should just all be green, but yeah. <laughs> so welcome, welcome. It's my pleasure.
2: I look forward to spend time with you and the audience here because I am on one
0: of the fan list of your podcast. (laughs) My biggest fan, maybe. I don't know. (laughs) Yes. Thank you so much. Uh, And thanks. I I just want to thank the listeners for joining us every time. It's, It's fun to do this and it's fun to talk about new topics. So let's talk about your article, and it's called, "Want to Be More Sustainable: Four Ways to take Advantage of the Inflation Reduction Act, right? And And I like the subtitle, "How Going Green Can Put You in the Black." It's excellent. <laughs> so, so let's talk about that. Did I want to start with uh, the Inflation Reduction Act. Let's just get a basic definition of what we're talking about. So Kim, we are living in a world
2: where dream is in demand. Yay. (laughs) And I will go back to my principle of economics course,
0: demand and supply. Excellent. Basic economics. We like it. Yeah. So in basic economics, if demand goes up,
2: supply takes time to catch up.
0: Well, that makes sense. Yeah.
2: That time when supply is catching up to demand, we all face market disruptions because the price of those commodities, when demand
0: goes up, also goes up. Right. The more we want something, the more expensive it is. Makes sense. And
2: we all know that when price goes up, the masses are hurt more. Their incomes, their ability to buy commodities, including Green commodities is hurt more.
0: Exactly. I just want to mention too, for for any if there are listeners who don't understand basic economics. I think most of you or all of you do. But it, you know, it if you just apply this to the grocery store right now and you see the increase in costs, I think that has a lot to do with the pandemic and trying to catch up, whether you're shopping for food or non-food items. So this is kind of a thing across the board. However, you talk in your article about greenflation, which is what you're just describing, correct?
2: That is correct. I was going towards green inflation. Now, because green is demanded, it means that more electric vehicles are demanded, more solar panels are demanded and more windmills are demanded, more Mm. energy efficiency appliances are demanded. And the real change in planet will come if masses, everyone will have ability to afford that. But because of the increased demand of green things, the metals and commodities that are used to produce green things like batteries, wind, solar panels, their prices are going up. Prices of nickel is growing up Mm. as price of copper is going up. Now this will make green more expensive. So this Inflation Reduction Act is beautiful so that government can discount the green by giving credits for the people to yeah. adopt green, because if we all can make small changes in our houses, in our way of life, how we travel, in our businesses, the small change from a micro economic level will aggregate to a good reduction in mission for our planet.
0: Yes, I totally jumped on that bandwagon and uh, you know, I w- I needed a new car because we sold my car before we moved and so I decided it would be electric or hybrid or you know, something and I looked around and it, there are waiting lists for everything. It was it was amazing. So I put my name on a waiting list. I have a plug-in electric Hybrid, and I love it. And then I was thrilled to find out with the Inflation Reduction Act, I'm going to get a big tax credit. Whoop, whoop. And I already <laughs> did a lot
2: because I put myself in the wait list, expecting that Inflation Reduction Act will be coming because it was a strong guesswork. But it happened, and I got a big, big tax break this year for my investment. And now, looking at the tax break at solar panels. I cannot afford the solar panel, but with the tax break, mm. my affordability comes into, into play. And this Inflation Reduction Act, because of incentives and second principle of economics, people respond to incentives, mm, yes. people like me, you and everybody to see Whether we want to change our refrigerator now, whether we want to change our washer or dryer now, whether we want to put up a solar panel right now or buy a new EV. So this is a big motivation. And this, with the multiple numbers, I think it will change the way of life. Small step in a big purpose of making our planet green.
0: Yeah, it is a small step. But I always say to folks, it's one step at a time and you do what you can. So, if you need a new car and you can afford one, Eric and I have had this conversation. You know, some people can't afford the price of these new EVs. Uh, you know, they're it's pretty steep, and and it we are past the days of zero interest financing. <laughs> so, you know, you want to try to pay cash for something like that rather than pay the high interest rates, which is such a big problem at the moment. But yes, so people are jumping on the bandwagon and wanting to jump on the bandwagon to increase their efficiency, and reduce their reliance on carbon fuels. So this is, this is great. I love it.
2: Kim, I would say it is good for my pockets too, mm-hmm. because I don't spend $75, $80 to full tank of my old car. Right. And if I see the addition on my electric bill, it is very insignificant.
0: Yeah, I didn't notice any difference on my electric bill. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you're right. It's great. So I,
2: I want to tell people that I understand affordability is a challenge, but in the long run, I used to spend. I believe I invented a word, Moober, Mom <laughs> Uber, hey, Mom Uber, Muber We're gonna hashtag that. <laughs> yeah, dry wink. I used to spend at least three, four hundred dollars for gas which i am not doing right now driving my kids to soccer to piano and to very many activities we aspire for them
0: right it's a it's a lot of driving when you have kids your age so it's it's amazing to especially cuz here in oregon prices of gas have not gone down they actually went up a little bit and i had understood that gas prices were coming down but not here so i think there's a lot of taxes in oregon on fossil fuels which is great. Mm-hmm. I I don't have a problem with that. But anyway, back to your article which had so many different interesting pieces I pulled out, but let's talk about the uh, the provisions in the Inflation Reduction Act and I was thinking when I wrote that down, it's another IRA we have to remember. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so Inflation reduction act. And, and let's talk about the provisions to help small businesses.
2: Great. So, Kim, when I was thinking about Inflation Reduction Act, I live in a neighborhood and community where a lot of people have small businesses. And I was discussing being an economist, which I love to do, that You know, you will be filing your small business tax soon, before the tax day. This discussion was before the tax day, which was this week. Are you thinking about taking advantage of this offer that government have created for you? So I call myself a green influencer wherever I...
0: You are a green influencer. Absolutely. Absolutely
2: find an opportunity to influence people to make green choices, I insert myself. So most of the time I noticed that the small business do not have awareness as big corporations because they don't have that many economic experts or that many consulting experts that could help them to take advantage
0: of the changing systems. Yes. Uh, Small businesses, you know, we do a lot more, you know, work, honestly, on everything. And so trying to pay attention to some of these things that come out is, is much more difficult for the small business. So I can see that. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And I thought that maybe I should look into how I can bring this awareness. So I got an opportunity with the green entrepreneur section where I can bring small businesses up to this speed very quickly on the links and
0: on the opportunities that they have. So- yeah, go ahead. <laughs> I was going to ask another question, but go ahead, finish your thought. I would, and to realize,
2: to make them realize that moving forward, sustainability risk is the business risk. And I wanted to pass this my message to the small businesses. I know a lot of SP 500 companies, publicly traded companies, are already thinking about sustainability risk, but If you will look at the statistics, more than 50% of our gross domestic product in North America comes from
0: small businesses. More than 50%, amazing. That's an amazing number. So I thought that if we are talking
2: about macroeconomic planetary changes, we have to steer small businesses towards sustainability but now I will let you ask the question that you are holding.
0: <laughs> well, I just, I also had another thought. I'm like, that is, a, that's a mouthful macroeconomic. Would you say macroeconomic? Planetary changes. Planetary changes. I was like, wow, you're right. So we're talking about this, this changes small businesses can make that will literally affect the entire global system, right? Yes. Yeah, Wow. So, I when I was reading some of the the notes and and looking up things, it was talking about for small businesses things that they can do: at, at retrofitting buildings, changing their commercial vehicles to electric, and there were again subsidies or not just subsidies, but you know rebates for the small businesses as well. That's what just- else?
2: That is correct, because I go into small businesses. And uh, to be very honest, Kim, I come from a business family. So they make do with things till they break. (laughs) Right.
0: We don't do that so much here in the U.S. Yes, but
2: I think with the Inflation Reduction Act, they have an option This year and hopefully coming year, this year for sure, because the act is in place, that if they are in a position where they want to change the heating system, the cooling system, which is a big cost, Mm -hmm. or maybe reduce their electric cost by having a solar panel installed in their building, they will get a huge rebate from the government so this year there is an opportunity where instead of waiting for a break for an old installation or an old refrigerator Mm -hmm. in your office change it and show that to the government and get a break and
0: this will help their net profits yeah so it's can be as small as getting a more efficient refrigerator mm-hmm. in your in your office i'm going to start telling everybody this <laughs> i mean you know it, as small businesses we want to keep as much you know in the business as we can so we're reinvesting it and um you know small business owners also want to receive a paycheck so <laughs> anyway we can keep money in their pockets is is a good thing what else on this inflation reduction act are we uh, do we not mention that's important to green um, thing
2: for me is that look small businesses have five things that they can look globally right now into their system first is their supply chains so if they are working with suppliers and if they can spend some r&d time to find suppliers which are more local or green than what they are they were previously using, that R&D time is also discounted and is on rebate by the governments. So if you are doing any research to go green, and if you can account for that expenditure,
0: then also you have a point of privilege. Wow. Okay. This is so fascinating. And I I think there are a lot of provisions here that most people are not going to be aware of at all. Um, Not everybody's going to read all the details on the Inflation Reduction Act, but that was uh, something I didn't pick up. So if if I spend 45 minutes or an hour researching my new refrigerator, that time can be blocked out um, for a rebate. Exactly, and
2: uh, second, there are a lot of operations that a small business account for, and to be very honest, when I talk to entrepreneurs, I am in a circle of women entrepreneurs, so I love talking to them, and I ask them, what are the operations? And I think most of the time, their operations are in their head. (laughs) Right. (laughs) because they are so busy doing things and not thinking on what they do. And sometimes I see myself in the same boat. So if they can lay out their operations, pause, think, and if they can do some research on any operation changes, small changes in operation, maybe, you know, uh, I do take my car from point x to point y to get my raw material but now i am taking an electric car to doing that yeah so that change a thinking time where you are making your operations more efficient and green can also be attached to a discounting system nice. so i really want you know there are so many small things and tax breaks which can combine together as a cost of R&D time in operations and operations in supply chain.
0: Husha, I'm. I, this just popped into my head. I'm wondering if there's a way, and it, it, it doesn't have to be an exhaustive list, but is there a way to maybe list five or 10 ideas or things that um, small business owners can do to take advantage of these credits? Like, you know, the refrigerator, okay, that's one buying an electric V van for transport, then, and then there's the time, the research time on all of that. So I, I know there's a lot of other things we can look at. Is there a way to make a list like that for me? Absolutely. Kevin. Okay. I will
2: <laughs> make a list for you. So, and maybe, you know, we can put that list as a description under the podcast absolutely
0: a cheat sheet a green cheat sheet for a, small a green business. a green cheat sheet. I like it. we're going to attach that absolutely i yeah, I'm excited about that. I want to talk uh, also about how reducing supply chain or changing your supply chain will reduce business risk it's a It's a risk adjustment process, but how how does that make any difference for the small business owner? Or that's a large business owner.
2: I'll give you an example which I saw in reality because, you know, though I am very philosophical, but being an economist, (laughs) I really want to quote practical examples which people can relate to. So one practical example I saw, and I believe some of the people listening this podcast May have experienced this. So when we were all sheltered in our home during COVID, we spent more time in home. And a lot of people, including me, did home improving projects. Right. And when you talk about home improving projects, I think the most popular one is kitchen.
0: <laughs> That's the most expensive one, too. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah. But you can, uh, you can change a lot of uh, things in your kitchen to reduce your reliance on fossil fuels. Exactly, exactly. Your stove, your microwave and- uh, Your refrigerator, uh, dishwasher, yeah.
2: Dishwasher, dishwashers. And during COVID, you know, there was a supply chain shortage, not only for refrigerators, not only for uh, microwaves oven, but also for kitchen cabinets. Oh yeah, and I know a lot of people have to wait months, months to get them. This was because of supply chain disruptions.
0: Yes, it has just been a huge issue for the last three years.
2: Yes, so because we rely a lot on appliances and cabinets that are imported. And they were imported from the countries that were impacted by COVID the most. And there was a keen shortage. And because of that shortage, even the businesses, they had demand. They could not provide their products on time.
0: Had to go through a lot of stress and (laughs) losses. Absolutely. I think that, it, well, it's stressful too, for the, the folks who are waiting for items. And I just can't imagine the pressure on, again, most of these uh, companies are international. I know, I just realized I kind of cut you off on the five the things you were sharing. Do you want to pop back to
2: that real quick? Yes, I can. So I think I've already shared the two, the supply chain and yes. the operation. Uh, risk one. And the third one is the legal and regulatory fines. Hmm. So we are looking into a lot of government rules that are coming. And in fact, right now, SEC is discussing about the disclosure and formats. But I think they are still in the process to question the big banks and the big companies. And they were a lot of names last year. There was a legal risk and Mm. a lot of tensions, especially for small businesses in
0: finance. Oh, yes. (laughs) I know this firsthand. (laughs) Yes. Yes. I talked to friends like you who had a firsthand
2: experience. And this is going to expand eventually. So if we are able to prepare small business beforehand, taking advantage of the discounts we have, so they don't want to rush and do changes when the legal and the regulatory fines, the pressure of those fines become stronger and stronger in future. Because I know that I being a professor of most of my life, that there are some students who always prepare around the semester And some (laughs) students who prepare a night before the exam. (laughs) But I always see the people who prepare around the semester have better chances to score well. And I really want those businesses to have better chances to score well, taking advantage of what benefits they have right now. Because in rush, in hurry, we screw up things. So. Saving it, them from that screw up will be very, very important.
0: It, you're right. That's very true. And I, I was just thinking, you know, so at the beginning of 2023, we had our first SEC exam, uh, you know, the initial exam after we went, you know, uh, filing with the SEC instead of the state. And it was a exploratory, helpful type exam, not a big deal. They did ask us a few questions about, Uh, our sustainability processes and that kind of thing. And then not even four months later, we get another request from the SEC to discuss literally only sustainability processes in our business. And I feel like we were very well prepared to the point that um, there was an education crossing back to the, the three folks who were, were doing this audit. And I, I I think that's very helpful for them because they're trying to, to look at this big picture and understand it. And uh, but yeah, we, we prepared around the semester and I think we were ready, (laughs) but you know, you can, you can't just sit back on your laurels, you, you know, whether it's a finance issue or supply chain issues, if that's going to get regulated in some way. Um, Yeah, absolutely.
2: Important. And the fourth one, which is my favorite, is the reputational damage. You know, mm-hmm. consumers are thinking a lot before they make consumption choices. And I think, especially, this young generation is so, so conscious. My kids are in elementary school. Sometimes I'm lazy that I will just throw my recycle. Thing in trash, and they were like, Mom, wrong. They will pick it up (laughs) and recycle. And (laughs) yes, I influence green, but we are humans. We do absolutely mistakes, right? So, yeah, and uh, reputational risk will go very, very high. I am a miser. I don't spend (laughs) much. I always try (laughs) to save money wherever I can. I come from a humble family. I love saving money. And this year, for the first time, knowing that what all Patagonia is doing for green, I got myself my first Patagonia jacket for reputational positive points on climate. So I think moving forward, consumers are going to get more and more conscious. And if you can show your business is green, that will be a huge reputation advantage. And consumers will be attracted for you because they will think working with you or using your products and
0: services. We have not only made a difference to our lives, but to our planet as well. So I have to comment. I also got my first Patagonia pullover. And I guess maybe I could say I'm a bit of a miser too, because I, I frequent the resale shops and that's where I found it. I was beyond excited because that's not something you find very often, even in, you know, especially in these, uh, you know, smaller, uh,
2: we are on the same boat. Mine was also from my favorite sports resale store.
0: Nice. I love it. I love it. So maybe we have to go um, resale shopping. You know, I, it's a thing for me and I, I, maybe I'm a little bit addicted to it, but uh, it was, I like to just peruse through them when I have a few minutes and see what's new. And earlier this week, I found a rocker, uh, one of those glider rockers, really nice ones for $10. I've been wanting one and I was like, there we go, $10. I love it. (laughs) Okay, number five.
2: Okay, the last one is very important. So small businesses are always looking for investors Believe me, my life, where I sit in my company as a chief innovation officer, is one, to think about the next coolest innovation, and second, to to think about how I can finance that next Mm. coolest innovations. So investors are getting a lot of conscious about how their investments as a participant of capital markets can drive the car towards net zero or climate mm. goals which are aligned with Paris targets and if you have a small business and if you are taking care of green you will attract more and more investors which will be to, to your advantage
0: yeah I like it I like it I you know I I have seen a big influx of uh, different types of clients into the business. And I think that's part of what you're saying. I have so many more questions for you and we're about to run out of time. So can you do a second podcast with me? Because I want to ask you about the the talk you just did and another document that you sent me, which I'll just leave as a mystery. Can we do that?
2: Absolutely, Kim. You know what?
0: This morning,
2: one hour is my favorite, because <laughs> I always say to the people, you can take the professor out of the school, but not school out of the professor.
0: Yes. All so right. So we're going to get a chance to,
2: you know, educate and this broader community, which is a privilege
0: to Absolutely. Me. You are a, a complete teacher in so many different ways. Let me ask one quick question. Uh, related to that article at the very end, you were talking about a the clean energy and sustainability accelerator. And can you just tell us what that is? How about we keep it as a mystery? A <laughs> Great. We'll start, maybe we'll start with that or we'll just pick it up later. But yeah, Eric, are you still there? We're going to wrap this one up.
1: Yeah, Eric's still here. And, and we're not going to ask Eric if he was the semester prepper or the last minute prepper. We'll just say that Eric just bought his first set of bamboo sheets. So I'm pretty excited about that.
0: Oh nice.
1: Right? I think that's better They're than
0: very time. soft. Yeah, so far. Good. The class, but
2: Eric for the green is I know he's a full semester prepper.
1: I'm well, yes. I'm the, the only reason I am is because I hang out with Kim so much, quite honestly. She's <laughs> she's teaching me so much. So th- th- this is what I love. This has been fantastic. Uh, both of you are amazing women. Thank you so much for doing this podcast. Thank you for coming back and doing a second one. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, Kim, do we have any closing thoughts for today? Should people be reaching out to Johan maybe or you know, having uh, these conversations? Yeah,
0: absolutely, especially if you're talking about your um, investments and how you want to make sure that they are more aligned with your green values. So you can reach Johan at the office at 505 982 nine six six one or by email at info at thank you so much puja we're going to talk again soon soon soon
1: yeah absolutely thank you both again and of course our last thank you always goes to you listening audience thank you so much for tuning in and listening to the deep impact investing podcast with kimberly Grigo kyle if you have not subscribed to the podcast yet please click the subscribe now button below This way, when Kim comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. And we humbly ask you to share this podcast, rate it, and leave a review as this actually does help others find the show. Again, thank you so much for listening today. For everyone at Horizon Sustainable Financial Services, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day. And we'll see you next time.
0: Thank you for listening to Deep Impact Investing with Kimberly Griego-Kyle, the sustainable, responsible, impact investing podcast reminding you that it's time to invest like you give a damn. If you have questions about this podcast or topics you'd like to hear addressed on an upcoming podcast, please email me at kim at griego-kyle.com. That's G-R-I-E-G-O hyphen K-I-E-L dot com. Or give Horizons a call at 505 982 2 9661. And be sure to ask for Johan Klausen. Don't forget to click the subscribe button to be notified when new episodes become available and to share this podcast with colleagues, friends, and family. The companies I may speak about during the podcast are not recommendations for investment. Only you and your financial advisor can determine what the right investments are for you. Kimberly Griego-Kyle, produces this podcast on behalf of Horizon Sustainable Financial Services. Horizon Sustainable Financial Services, Inc. is a registered investment advisor registered with the SEC. Horizon Sustainable Financial Services, Inc. and its financial professionals do not render tax or legal advice. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the host and or guests and does not necessarily represent the views and opinions of Horizon Sustainable Financial Services, Inc. This content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. This content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service providers with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. None of this content may be used or duplicated without the express written agreement of the podcast host.